The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. So we have been redeemed and our redemption freed us from condemnation. That's why you don't have to condemn yourself. And how do I know that I am really redeemed? Now Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14 to 16. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. And remember we taught from the beginning that Jesus Christ is our great high priest who enters one and sacrifices himself for us. He doesn't have to go into the holies of holies once every year. He went in once and did all we needed to be done for us. So Jesus Christ is our great high priest. The Bible says that that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. He resurrected triumphantly. And we have to understand this with all conviction. Reason being, what you don't know can destroy you. We have to know what Jesus did for us on the cross so that we can be bold in defending our faith. Hallelujah. Now, you know, there are many people who say they're Christians, but they really don't know what Jesus did for them on the cross. You know, when you go out evangelizing, um, most of the time, somebody will say, I'm a Christian because my great-grandmother is a Christian or, or my mother is a Christian, my father is an Anglican, my mother is a Catholic, so I'm a Christian. No, no, that's not Christianity. You see, many of the people who say that think that Christianity is a religion, but it's not. Christianity is a way of life. Hallelujah. So we have to really understand what Jesus has done for us. We have to understand what Jesus has done for us. Why? Because when you understand what Jesus did for you and I 2,000 years ago, then it helps us better understand our relationship with him. Are you following me? And in these last days, what we know about Christ will be tested. What you know about the kingdom will be tested. Your relationship with Jesus will be tested. Let me say this. Until your relationship is tested, it is not really, really a relationship. Peter said to Jesus, I'm going to go to the cross with you. I'll die with you. But when Jesus was arrested, a little girl came and said, this is one of his disciples. Peter denied Jesus. Jesus told Peter, before the cock crows thrice, you'll deny me publicly. And what happened? Peter did the same. So it's important for us to know not just head knowledge, not just heart knowledge, we must go to the extent of making it our conviction that this is what I know about Jesus that you can't take it away from me. 
Like the blind man, he said, I was once blind, but now I see. I don't know anything about this Jesus that you're talking about. You might call him all kinds of names. I don't even have any knowledge about him. One thing I know is that I was once blind, but now I see because he made me see. And with that, with that practical knowledge, no one can take it away from you. You can say Jesus is not God, but for me, based on what he has done for me, you can't take that away from me. He lives in me. You say, explain. I can't explain. He is too big to live in the heavens. He is too big to live on the earth. He said, the heavens is where I sit. The earth is my footstool. So how does he live in me? I can't explain. But one thing I know is that he lives in me. You have to know it for yourself. If you don't know this, someone will come and tell you all kinds of things and you'll believe it. And your faith will be shipwrecked. That's why the angels were singing and shouting with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb. He is worthy. When John the Baptist introduced Jesus to the world, John said, behold the lamb that takes away the sins of the earth. Why? Because he's the only lamb qualified to die for our sins. Listen, these are the foundational truths of Christianity. That Jesus Christ died and resurrected on the third day and redeemed us unto eternal redemption. These are the foundations of Christianity and you need to understand this because if you don't have your foundations right, your building will not last. That's why this foundation is crucial. That's why I always say that it's not enough for us just to proclaim our Christianity, but also to have strong convictions of knowledge about the redemption. How do you know you're redeemed? If somebody comes to you and starts influencing you with wrong doctrines, how do you know? But for you to know what he did for you on the cross, and the only way you can know what he did for you on the cross is to go to the word. Is to go to the word. You have to know what Jesus did for you on the cross. You have to know the power you have. You have to know the authority you have in Christ Jesus. Do you know the authority you have in Christ Jesus? You have to know it. You have to know that he's given you dominion over serpents and scorpions. You have to know it. And how do you know it? Through his word. That's why Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to thread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said nothing. Nothing shall by what? Any means do what? Hurt you. Why? Because he's giving you power over them. So why are you scared? We're living in days where there are Christians who are running away from all kinds of little, little things. Fear. Fear has gripped a lot of Christians. Some can't fly because they are scared that the plane might crash one day. 
Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. You can't be scared of death if you know what he did for you on the cross. Why are you scared of death? Do you know there are some people who can't go to bed with their lights off because they are scared? Their lights are always on. Do you know that? Costing you more money and more pain and more misery. You're scared of the darkness. You are the light. You are the light. You are the light. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And what did Jesus say? He said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So why are you scared of darkness? Why are you scared of darkness? Why can you not sleep with the lights off? Save some money, man. Stop wasting money, praise God. So Jesus has given us power to thread over serpents and scorpions. Now, you know there are some Christians who take the scriptures out of context. They read the scripture and they say, if Jesus has given me power over serpents and scorpions, then I'm going to go to the forest and step on some serpents and some scorpions. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not literally saying go and look for a snake or a scorpion and step on them. Use wisdom. That snake is going to bite your leg off. But he's talking about our spiritual authority. Our spiritual authority. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in who? In the Lord, not in yourself. Many of us think about going to the gym. How to be strong. That is good. But the scripture says, be strong in the Lord. Your strength must not be in yourself, but in the Lord. Your boast must not be in yourself, but in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on what? The whole armor. Not some, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor. That implies that we are on a battlefield. We are on a war ground. So wear the whole armor. Don't just wear your breastplates of righteousness and leave the belt of truth. Wear the whole armor. Wear the whole armor. Wear everything. Take on the shield of faith. Take on the sword of the spirit. Wear the whole armor. Wear everything from, from the head, the head right through the soles of your feet. Put on the whole armor. The reason why you and I need to put on the whole armor is this. It says that you and I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you know what wiles is? Wiles simply stand for skirmishes. Skirmishes. Pretense. The devil is not strong. He pretends to be strong. It's a wile is, is something that pretends to have power, but it doesn't really have power. It's like a big dog that is barking, woo, 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 but it can't bite because it doesn't have tooth. 
is a toothless bulldog. It can scream, it can shout, it can bark, but it can't bite. Listen, the devil can't bite. I said, the devil can't bite. He can shout, he can put fear in you, he can do everything, but he can't bite you because you have the whole armor. The whole armor. You are bulletproof. You are covered. So when you stand and he shoots, all he's shooting is deception. You and I have the truth. We have the truth because we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. Hallelujah. So put on the whole armor. Titus chapter 2 from verse 11 to 14. It says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Not some men, unto how many? All, all men. men. Oh, this is powerful. It says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Someone says, so why are not all men saved? It's because they have not yet known what the grace of God has made provision for. I've always said, if I transfer money into your bank account now and I don't tell you and you don't go and check, you don't know what you have. And so therefore you can't spend it. Jesus has transferred some great things into our lives. The reason why we can't spend it is because we don't know what is transferred. You don't know what's in your bank account. You don't know the available funds available for you. Hallelujah. This is more than material wealth. Do you know that our wealth is not based on what we have? Our wealth is based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. The wealth of my blessing is not based on what I have physically. It's based on the treasures. The treasures of God in me. He invested his own self inside of me. So guess what? He will not sleep on his investment. God has got investments in me. It doesn't matter how broke my, my life looks like. He has his own investment in me. And because he has his investments in me, he will never sleep nor slumber. Oh, glory be to God. That is good. Because he's constantly watching over his investments. (laughs) He is constantly, Jesus, God is constantly watching over his investments. As those who do trading, they will tell you. They are constantly, when the markets are open, they are watching, 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 watching. Now, if you are watching those lines, going red, green line, go, when shall I sell? When shall I buy? Buy now, sell now, sell, buy, or whatever you do. You, you know what you do. You know, you're watching, you're watching, you're watching, you're watching, and then when the line hits a certain stage, and then you sell or you buy. Now, you are watching at this little, tiny, little investment you have put there, and God has invested his entire being inside of you. Why do you think you'll be sleeping whilst he's invested everything inside of you? How, how many of you have children? You have little children. 
when you are with your children around the car park, you hold on to their hands, right? You don't want them to cross the road by themselves. That's your investment. You're watching over them. You're holding their hands. Listen, wherever you find yourself, God has still got you covered. Yeah. He's holding your hands. He's got you covered. This is more than comprehensive insurance. So this grace has appeared unto all men. Verse 12 of Titus chapter 2, it says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So do you see what this grace of salvation does to us? It teaches us how to live in this world. Verse 13, it says, looking for that blessed hope. Oh, I love this. Oh, this is powerful. Looking for that blessed hope. Do you know what that blessed hope is? That blessed hope is when we all will be caught up together with him. When he comes back and he's coming back soon. Our master is coming back again. And guess who he's coming back for? He's coming back for us. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for you and I. He cares so much about us. He's coming back for us. Oh, that's good. I just, every day when I wake up, I look forward to that day. That blessed hope. That blessed hope. That one day, one day. One day, one day, I will be levitated above the air. Yeah. One day, I will defy gravity. Yeah. One day, yeah. I will be lifted up above the skies. One day, I will be caught up with him. Hallelujah. Do you get, are you, are you following what I'm saying this morning? It's a blessed hope. It's a blessed hope. It's a blessed hope. This is our confidence. This is why we shout about it. We can't keep quiet about this blessed hope. This is something good. You know, when, when you have, when you just open your bank account and you see a billion pounds transfer, do you keep quiet? No, you shout about it. Don't you shout about it. Now we have something more than one billion pounds. Glory be to God. We have a blessed hope. Come on, let's shout about it this morning. I said, let's shout about it this morning. Hallelujah. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, something is going inside through me. Am I the only one? The, the, the scriptures are so sweet. It tastes so good inside my belly. It says, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. Do you know who this great God is? Our Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. Verse 14. This great God gave himself for you. That's why your redemption is eternal. God doesn't do shortcuts. He doesn't do short lives. He doesn't do 10 years. He doesn't do 20 years. What he does is 
eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Have eternal life. God does eternal, everlasting. So who told you your salvation is not complete? Who is deceiving you to take you out of the kingdom? Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all, not some. From how many? From how many? From all iniquity. Iniquity is broken sin. Iniquitos. Iniquity. It's broken. Something that breaks us. Sin that destroys. He has redeemed you and I from all. Not some. All. Let me just shout about it this morning. You have been redeemed from all. Glory be to God. You didn't redeem yourself. Jesus. Our great God. Our risen savior. He has redeemed us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That's why we are we have the zeal of God in us. You see, the day I gave my life to Christ till date, no one has ever encouraged me to go to church. No one. I didn't even have a follow-up. You know, these days we have to do a follow-up. I didn't have a follow-up. Never. I've never needed an encouragement from anyone to love on this God for all he did for me. My goodness, you have no clue where he picked me up from. I was, I was rotten. I was dead. I was swimming in, in vomit. I was swimming in gutters. I was a great sinner. He rescued me. He rescued me from the hands of the enemy. So I'm redeemed. And my redemption is complete. <laughs> oh, this is too powerful. My redemption is complete. I don't have to add anything to it. I don't have to subtract anything from it. My redemption is complete. Because God doesn't do half and half. You know, there are some people when you give them work to do, they do half and they leave the half. They don't finish the work. They say, oh, I finish. You go and check and they still, you ask them to clean this. They say, I've finished cleaning. You come, there's still dust everywhere. It says, is this the way you call cleaning? What Jesus did for you and I on the cross is complete. Yeah. <laughs> I said it's complete. Amen. I said it's complete. Amen. The cross is our last hope. That's why he went on the cross for us. Hallelujah. Quickly, we want to look at some vital truths about our redemption. 
Last week we looked at two. We said there are five. There are many of them. We can't look at all of them, but we'll finish it off today. Last week we looked at two, so I'll quickly run through the two, and then we'll focus on the other three. Number one, the redemption freed us from condemnation. Say amen to that. The redemption freed us from condemnation. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 to 2. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we have been redeemed and our redemption freed us from condemnation. That's why you don't have to condemn yourself. And how do I know that I am really redeemed? Now Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14 to 16 it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest And remember, we taught from the beginning that Jesus Christ is our great high priest who enters one and sacrifices himself for us. He doesn't have to go into the holies of holies once every year. He went in once and did all we needed to be done for us. So Jesus Christ is our great high priest. The Bible says that that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. In other words, hold strong to your confession. Hold strong to your faith. Don't allow anybody to take you out of the faith. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. Now what the Bible is saying is that Jesus Christ, just like you and I, was tempted. How many of you remember there was a lady who one day Jesus went to a tax collector's house and the lady came with an alabaster box and broke it on his head and then she started wiping Jesus' foot with um, her hair. You remember that? Now how many of you know Jesus is not machine? Jesus was only 33 years old or 33 and a half and he went to be with he finishes work here. So at age 30, between 30 to 33, your organs are extremely active as a man. Jesus had everything a man has. Some say, oh, he's blaspheming. No, you need to understand, you need to understand who Jesus is. When Jesus was here on earth, he was 100% man and 100% God. So when Jesus was at that house and that lady was wiping his foot with her hair, I'm sure Jesus has some feelings going through him. Because he's not a machine. He's a human being. Jesus cried, right? That means, do you cry? Yeah. Jesus had emotions. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, and Jesus wept. Isn't that right? And Jesus wept. So Jesus has emotions just like you. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ, who has the feelings of our infirmities, he cannot be touched. It says, for we have not an high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feelings of our, our infirmity. In other words, he is not a machine. He can identify with us. So when that lady was wiping Jesus' foot with her hair, oh, I'm sure Jesus was feeling some stuff. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. Jesus, I mean, I remember the first day I went to do, uh, what do you, is it money, pedicure? Pedicure? The leg, which one? Which one is it? The hands are what? Manicure. The, the legs are what? Pedicure. <laughs> the first day I went to do pedicure, the way the lady was doing my leg, I said, no, 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 this one I'm not going to. <laughs> I will not go anymore. I was, I was feeling some feelings. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you are a human being, you will feel things. Trust me. Trust me. Unless you are a machine. Yeah. So since then, I never went for no, no, nothing. No. One day, my wife and I, we went for those massage and things. When they were doing the thing, I said, wow, baby. I keep asking, baby, are you here? She said, I'm here. Before I realized she had slept off, I said, oh, baby, help me here. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Yeah. I'd rather let my wife do me massage rather than, you know, I pay my wife to massage me. You know, sometimes when you say, let's massage, before you realize the massage ends up in different, glory be to God. Okay. Let's not go there now. Hallelujah. What the scriptures are telling us is that we have a high priest for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So the same temptations you go through Jesus went through it. The only difference between you and I is that Jesus did not submit to the temptation. He did not yield to the temptation. Are you following me? That's why after Jesus came and went to heaven, he said, Father, you know you are a spirit. You don't understand what these people are going through. These people are human beings. Because God never understood us. Because God was a spirit. That's why a little sin, he kills us. Earthquake, open, die now. Because he's a spirit. He's a spirit. Spirits don't understand. God didn't understand. How come these people? Because remember, God made us in his image. But one thing God forgot is that he took the earth, the clay, the earth. This body is earth. And this body has a mind of its own. That's why I don't believe on, in all those driverless cars. They have a mind of their own. <laughs> They have a mind of their own. They say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm driving a driverless car. Really? They, they have a mind of their own. Their flesh has a mind of its own. You say, come here. Say, I'm going here. You say, submit. They say, no, not today. 
The day you decide to fast, the day your body will tell you today is your day of eating. That the day, if you cannot smell, that's the day you smell all the best foods. So after Jesus came and went, Jesus said to God, hey, spirit God, you need to chill out with these people. Because when I went down there, I faced what they faced, so we have to introduce grace now. We have to introduce grace now. We have to introduce grace now. It's a dispensation of grace. Father, give them some chance. Give them a second chance. They missed it. Let's give them a third chance. She missed it. He missed. Let's give him a tenth chance. God doesn't give us. You see, some of you think God only gives us second chances. No. He gives us a billion chances. You messed up. He's still giving you a chance. Hallelujah. So that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, because of all what he's done for us, let us come how boldly onto the throne of grace. Look at the throne. It's not a throne of judgment. It's not a throne of fire. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. We come how boldly. Now the Bible says the righteous is as bold as a lion. How can you come boldly if you're a sinner? Sinners run. If we are righteous, we come how boldly. So this is what Jesus is saying. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. What's mercy? Mercy is what you don't deserve. Unmerited. You don't deserve it. But he said, I'll give it to you anyway. You don't deserve to be saved. He said, but I'll save you anyway. You don't deserve to be blessed. He said, but I'm going to bless you. I have decided in my sovereignty, I have decided to bless you. In my sovereignty, I have decided to love Jacob. You can't question my sovereignty. That's God's sovereignty. In his sovereignty, he doesn't ask your enemies permission before he blesses you. In his sovereignty, he'll pick you up from nowhere. And say, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Today is your day of blessing. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anybody has any need? It's time to come boldly. It's time to approach boldly. We don't come to the house of God with condemnation. We come boldly based on what he did for us on the cross. He's done it all. The second thing is the redemption made us kings and priests to reign here on earth. The redemption made us kings and priests to reign here on earth. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. It says, and he has made unto us our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. Look at what the redemption has done for us. We have been redeemed to be made kings and priests and the purpose of that is for us to reign where? Here on earth. Do you know who you are? You are a king. You are a queen and your responsibility is to reign here on earth. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 the Bible says that where the word of the king is there is what? Power. And who may say unto him what doest thou? 
So that means as kings, we reign or we rule with our words. That's why your words are very important. What you say is important. What you say is important. Every time you release a word, your subjects go to work. And your subjects are the angels. That's why Psalm 103 verse 20, the Bible says that, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So as kings, every time we release the word, the angels go to work. That's why you have to learn to release the word. Release, send your angels on assignment. Start saying, I am healed. I am healed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the head and not the tail. What are you doing? You are sending the word. And the moment you send the word, what the angels do is they go and bring you what you have sent them for. Hear me? Listen, write this down. The earth is our restaurant. Amen. The earth is our restaurant. Our words is what we use to order whatever we like to eat. The angels are our stewards, our waiters, and our waitresses. So guess what? Right here on earth, in your restaurant, every time you wake up, angels are waiting on you. What are you going to order today? <laughs> what are you going to order today? Why have you kept your mouth shut? You say, oh, my pastor, I ordered it, but it hasn't showed up. Remember, different food cooks differently. Yeah. And there are time limits to it. That's right. If you want a T-bone steak, you can't cook it in two minutes. Mm. Tells you it takes maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. How many of you love T-bone steak? In the house, yeah. I know my wife loves T-bone steak. I just want the fast one. Give me something fast. Let me eat and go. Yeah, but what you order, it takes long. So there are some things you have ordered, it might take 45 minutes. There are some that might take an hour. There are some that might take a week. But wait patiently for it. Yeah. One thing you must know that every time you order guaranteed there is enough resources in heaven to supply. So today I order five million souls into this church. Hallelujah. Now what are you ordering? Open your mouth and order. We are in the restaurant. Order health. Order healing. Order sound mind. Order favor. Amen. What do you want to order? Now don't look at me and say, why is he the only one opening his mouth and ordering? Do you have a mouth? Yes. Why don't you also open your mouth and order? And as we order, one day we'll be there. You hear on your door, ding dong. Hallelujah. Or you hear through the email, an email has come through. Or you hear through your WhatsApp, how does it work? Text message or WhatsApp. Ding, ding. It has come through. Your order has been delivered. It's time to sign for it. And the moment you sign for it, you see its appearance. Number three, the redemption position us to be seated in heavenly places. 
Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4 to 7. The redemption position has to be seated in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4 to 7. It says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he has loved us even when we were dead in sin has quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. Oh, this scripture is so powerful. Now it says that even when we were dead in sins, in other words, we were swimming in our sins. We were wallowing in our sins. It says when we were dead in, in sin, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and has raised us up together. Oh, I love this. And he has raised us together. When he says together, he's talking about you and Jesus. God has raised you and I together with Jesus and he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say a good amen to that. So guess what? You and I have been redeemed to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are redeemed to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Because in him we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Whatever you are looking for is not outside of Christ. Whatever you are looking for is inside of Christ. Number four, the redemption raised us far above all principalities and powers. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 22. The Bible says that, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Hallelujah. So, what you have to understand is that when you understand what Jesus has done for us, right? Everything that Jesus have, I have. Why? Because we are joint heirs. We are what? Joint heirs. And as joint heirs, we share everything 50-50. If Jesus have power, I have the same equivalent power. So, the Bible says that God has redeemed us and look at where he's placed us, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's the extent of the limit of your power. A principality simply talks about the head. A principal is a head. Principality there is the head of all the demonic worlds. The redemption has raised us far above all of them. 
That's why when you go to bed, you need to learn how to sleep peacefully. Listen, you can take me to the headquarters of all the witches and wizards in the world and say, these are the headquarters. I'll take a bed and go and sleep in their midst. And I'll be snoring. I won't be opening my eyes and be checking. Is anyone coming? No. I know what Jesus did for me. <laughs> I know the power I have in Christ Jesus. You've got to know this for yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? You've got to know what Jesus did for you. The redemption has raised us above all of them. All of them. They can't get you. They can't destroy you. You are above them. You see, there are, I don't like criticizing churches, but there are some churches or some pastors who, who, who put fear in you. All they do is put fear in you. There's a witch. There's a wizard from your village. From Come on. They don't even know the, the, the way to the airport. They, 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 haven't, they haven't have a passport before. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? I say, Pastor, does these things not exist? Yes, they might exist. But I have a power above all of these. They can operate in certain geographical areas, but not in my area. That's why, you see, you have to, once you know what Jesus has done for you on the cross, your case is set out. That's why I'm taking time on this. So you can get it. One month is not enough to teach this. I can teach this for a whole year. Trust me, there's more things I have in my notes. I'm just ending it here. I can teach this for a year. But I know you'll be tired. You say, well, why is it teaching on slain to for our eternal redemption every Sunday? Because I know as human beings, you like, you like different things. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. It's important for us to understand this. Hallelujah. And last but not the least, finally, the fifth one, the redemption gave us power over generational curses. Say amen to that. Amen. The redemption gave us power over generational curses. Galatians chapter 3, from verse 13 to 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hung on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. So the moment Jesus hung on the tree, he took care of all generational curses and you were translated into generational blessings. Amen. Stop emphasizing about generational curses. You are now in the blessing. You see, the only way the blessing will work for you is your acknowledgement of it. That's how this kingdom operates. What you don't acknowledge and appropriate doesn't belong to you. 
That's why I always say, you can, now have you not noticed that when you go shopping, you are only able to shop according to your knowledge of your funds available. Right or wrong? It's the same way in the kingdom of God. If you don't know what Jesus has done for you, you can't spend it. You have to know what he did for you on the cross so you can spend without limitation. You have been redeemed from the curse. Don't say, oh, as for this family, we only always operate in generational curses. Come on. That's the wiles of the devil. The wiles. The devil wants you to deceive. Say, oh, generational curses is working in your life. That's not true. You are redeemed. Amen. Somebody say, I am, I am redeemed. Oh, say it again. Say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. Jesus Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. I don't have time to go into the curse of the law. There are about 313 of them. <laughs> 313 of them and they were divided into four. So you can remember them quickly. But even that, they couldn't, because the moment you break one, you have broken all. That's why Jesus came and said, you know what? Let me just take care of this once and for all. Let me just go to the cross and redeem us. And once we were redeemed, our redemption was complete and finalized. This is why I've taken all this time to share with you the importance of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's why Hebrews chapter 9 Verse 12, final scripture, and we close. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. It says, Jesus did all of this for us so we might understand that he has been slain to obtain our eternal redemption. Look at how he did it. It said, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into the holy place once, having obtained eternal redemption for who? For who? For, For who? For Do you want it? Yes. Do you want it? Amen. It's yours. The only way you can have it is know what is done for you. Jesus has obtained for us our eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. He doesn't need it. You and I need it. He's obtained it for us so we might take advantage of it. The only way you can understand what is done for us is to know what Jesus did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He has been slain for us. He has received for us our eternal redemption. Glory be to God. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. 
Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.